The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Jaylen Nye. Andrew Gross. I've been extremely anxious to tell a story. Is it the one that, when I read it this morning, I thought of you? Probably not. Maybe. Yes. Does it have to do with buses? It does. And I, my, I heard this and I thought, oh my gosh. I'm just so anxious. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. I'm just going to sit back and watch. All right. So I'm going to tell you a little story. There's a historic <laughs> site. Um, it's uh, built uh, from Fort Road to the... Uh, do you remember where the old... Uh, Packer plant yeah. was Canada Packers yeah. meat packing plant. So the the land has sat idle for decades. And then back in 2012, uh, the city purchased the land. Mm-hmm. In 2014, the city obtained an historical designation for the brick smokestack um, that was still there from the old Packer plant. And that means, of course, that they can't dismantle it. Uh, in 2015, Um, they decided to go ahead with the building of a new bus terminal. Ah, You have to have a new bus terminal, and they named it, quite appropriately, the Kathleen Andrews Transit Garage. And the reason they named it that, because that was the name of Edmonton's first female bus driver. So... To review, you've got a parcel of land that's not being used and hasn't been for decades. It's got an historic uh, structure on it, the smokestack uh, from the Canada Packers plant. The city buys it and decides to develop it. And the design of the new bus terminal incorporated that and some other structures that were on the land so that they're not interfering with the historic nature of the land. It's brilliant. And the design looked perfect and everything so far so, so far good. so good and oftentimes we criticize the city for not thinking things through but they definitely thought this one through to that point now construction begins and and it's expected to be completed in 2019 mm. now remember construction began in june of 2016 yes. right so three years to construct now in that same year 2016 <laughs> city council ordered 40 electrical buses. That's right. Once again, looking to the future, mm-hmm. getting rid of diesel, let's move over to electrical. Being progressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll pause here for a moment to say that one of the aspects that I'm going to talk about is the fact that when you get your new phone, do you remember that day you get your new phone, you pull it out, and I love this phone, this is the future, and then you're like, hey, how come my charging cord doesn't fit? <laughs> oh, I got to buy a cable. Well, I should have looked into that because I need to plug a cable in to charge it that I don't own. So just put that in the back of your mind. So now we've got these 40 buses on their way to us. And when you go to buy a vehicle, when you're a city, and you go to buy a vehicle, you get the specifications for the vehicle. They're all there. The length, the width, the height, uh, how long it goes between charging, whatever. They're all there. And one of the things that they would have told you is the weight. Mm. The weight of the bus. And why is that so important? Well, it turns out in this particular case that an electric bus, for whatever reason, is 3,000 pounds heavier than a diesel bus. No big deal, I suppose. The roads in Calgary are constructed to such a level that this will not impact the roads. They won't be causing 
damage to any Edmonton roads, that's not a problem. You'll recall I said it was an historical site mm-hmm. and that they couldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. So among the things they couldn't change was the fact that there was a foundation over top of which they're building the bus uh, depot. That foundation and that basement that was created by building the bus depot on top of it is a parkade. <laughs> makes total sense. The employees can drive in, securely park their cars underneath the bus terminal. Everything was good until somebody finally did the math and went, wait a second, if we have 40 buses that uh, weigh 3,000 pounds each more than a diesel bus, did we design the roof of that parkade to accommodate the weight of the buses? And the answer is no. So now the city, having spent $186 million on this new bus terminal, is now saying, well, in order to structurally make it more sound, to accommodate the buses that we ordered, the specifications of which we apparently didn't read, uh, we now have to spend another $10 million. But it's not all about the construction of the roof or the reinforcement of the roof or the floor, in this case, uh, the, the roof of the parkade, the floor of the bus terminal. It's also about the fact that, guess what? You got to charge the buses. And they didn't order a big enough or sufficiently sized generator for that. So among the $10 million will also be that extra cord for your iPhone to actually charge the buses. And again, I have to ask, how is it possible <laughs> that a city spends the kind of money that they spend both on the buses and the construction of this barn, which I think is a great location, aptly named, and well uh, suited to the area and necessary? How did you not do the math? How did you not figure out that the, the building that you're paying $186 million for can't accommodate the buses you want to put in it? Maybe I'm wrong. And that, my friends, is why I thought of Andrew yeah. when I read the story it this morning. It frustrates me. And, and you know, mm-hmm. the individuals from the city who've talked on this have said it's something they should have looked at. And, and, and one, I don't want to quote anyone in particular, but one city official saying it seems like we have this problem occasionally. You don't have it occasionally. It's all the time. You have it constantly. Constantly. When you're spending our money... You know, measure twice, cut once. You can't... If you change something, if the bus depot was designed for buses, and now those are not the buses that are going in it, you would, of course... There's no one in this planet, no one in our listening audience that hasn't ordered a piano, for example, or has thought about refinishing their deck, and they want to make sure that the structure will hold. Somebody with a hot tub and say, well, wait a second, is there sufficient structure under here to hold a do hot tub? Do we have tub? the proper electricity right. wattage the for the house? We, yeah, is it exactly. Are, is, do we, is everything in place or how much more will it cost me than just the cost of the yeah. hot tub? Uh-huh. Which, by the way, is a fabulous example for the reason you just said. It changes your electrical. It also changes the load. Uh, there's a lot of considerations have to go into it, and every homeowner would certainly do that. Anyone who delivered a hot tub would certainly do that, right? Or at least tell you, okay, so here's the weight, right? You need to change a couple of things. <laughs> it can be done, but you need to do it. Multiply mm-hmm. that by a thousand or ten thousand, you're talking about a bus terminal that's now going to cost us another ten million dollars because somebody didn't do the math. And again, you gotta stop doing times it. Times forty. Three thousand. Well, three thousand pounds times million, forty. Yeah, no, one, I'm just saying, like yeah. weight-wise, right? Yeah. So forty buses, three thousand yeah. dollars, three thousand pounds more. 
And it's funny, too, because you know what? As soon as I read this story, it's funny that you thought <laughs> we were thinking of the same story. As soon as I read the story and I thought, okay, they didn't do the math on the weight, before I got through the story, I went, they better have done the math on the streets, though. Like, they better not be tearing up streets with well, these... Well, the one outside of the, the parkade, yes, but everything yeah. else they say is fine. They, they have to yeah. do some work they on have that to, one. They have to repave or reinforce or something, the ramps that lead up to it for the very same reason. They're saying the other roads will be fine. At this point, do I trust that the other roads will be fine? I don't know. Are all bridges fine? Um, do you, it, wow. Is every structure... You to to, you to do you know what bridges. I mean? Yeah. It, again, just get it right the first time. What's the rush to, to put a shovel in the ground? Get it right. That's all I have to say on it. The text coming in at 6.30, 6.30. Uh, David M. says, apparently ordering the LRT cars, which had the wrong electronics for the new line, didn't teach ETS anything. Huh. Um, Aaron says, are the buses going to be in the barn at the same time? Just organize that you have no more buses in the barn at one time that it can hold. But they've got to be charged. Yeah, they'll have That's to get a signaling thing, system, right? too. Um, this is Edmonton. Everything is done ass backwards. The slogan should be three times a charm. I'm surprised they don't waste money on a Calgary Tower for Edmonton. That's from Dylan. Uh, Bridge 102 Avenue. Duh. New Walterdale Bridge. Dud. Is it? Oh, it was late. Uh, new LRT line. Done. Dud. New bus bar. Dud. Just change the name from Edmonton to Bungleville. It feels like that. The day that I had Andrew Knack on and one of the most enjoyable conversations I've ever had with an elected official, mm-hmm. and I give Andrew Knack again full credit uh, for not in any way backing down from my questions, but the last question I asked him was, can you not see now with this laundry list of projects that the city, that the citizens of the city simply don't have confidence in our city council to do a big project? We just don't, we don't believe you can do it. And, and I, again, I don't want to put words in Andrew Nack's mouth. He said that there was things being done within the city and uh, in order to address those issues and to balance and countercheck and, and that you know some of these projects were prior to that, so we're going to have problems. And this one certainly would have been prior to that. It sh- we shouldn't have had to wait. We shouldn't have had to wait this long and these many years and through these many councils for somebody to say, we need to keep a carefuler, a more careful eye on major projects. Because this is a lot of money. Is, how do we place blame on this one? You know, you know, management, the people are in charge of those projects, you know, but I guess at the end, the, the, That's city, a council, great question. the city would city council sign off on that? Like, where are we placing blame here? And and what are you going to do about it? Because you look at next go around. OK, take a look at next go around. When is the next election? Next year, two years uh, from 2019, now? right? Yeah. So yeah. who's running? Who's going to run against Don Iveson? You know, mm-hmm. Um I, I would like to know that. And, you know, we talk about uh, all sorts of a different people. A viable candidate. A viable yep. candidate who's going to run against uh, Don, Don Iveson. Again, probably the next year we'll start hearing, you know, some of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't. We haven't heard anything at that time. Um, any of the people currently on council would you like to see as mayor? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone there? Are they willing to give up their council seat to take a run for mayor with a chance of losing? I suspect Andrew Knack. Uh, I suspect uh, Michaels. I don't think. Uh, I don't think uh, Mike Waters. Or Walters. Michael Walters. I yeah. don't think Knight. I Knight. I don't think either of them will oppose Mayor Iveson in an election. But I suspect if he were to declare in the next election that he wasn't running, I oh, think they those would are run. two viable candidates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I, I don't think that they'd take on. Uh, 
Mayor Iveson at this point. And, and you know, it's it's the, what is it, the $64 million question, although in this case, the $186 million question that you just asked. So who is to blame? And and I asked Andrew Knack that, and again, he's representing council. So this I'm not trying to put all of this on Andrew Knack's shoulders, but... That was my question. Did we find out who made the mistake? And we were talking about the signaling system oh, for the LRT. Yeah. So should we not point to the person? If it's not council, if it's not the city manager, can you point to the person who recommended it and say that's where the mistake took place? Because but that person shouldn't be working here anymore. Yeah, and, and though, but any large project, let's say like a signaling through, thing, yeah. would go through through recommendations so the city management would do it then it would go through council right to be signed off on they have to do the final approval on that based on the recommendation from management right so here so again I got, I see the, this is where it gets uh, sticky because if you were to look at the councillors or look at mlas or look at mps it really doesn't matter any elected official take a look at them and say when you see them represent us, they represent us as a member uh-huh. of parliament, as an MLA, or as a councilman, right? But a week prior to the election, many of them were something else. Um, they could have been a lawyer. They might uh-huh. have been a doctor, perhaps. Uh, oftentimes, our health minister, for example, is a doctor or a nurse. Or um, they could be a baker or a plumber. Like, anybody can run, right? So they aren't necessarily experts on building major projects. So... I mean, if I were to run... and That's I'm, a steep I would, learning curve. It's huge. And yeah. I mean, if I were tomorrow to be a counselor, I wouldn't have known that 40 times that many buses... I wouldn't have known the structure because I'm not an engineer, mm-hmm. right? So you have staff that are permanent, and that's the reason for that. At all levels of government, there's staff that are permanent. And, well, yeah. and they're there because they understand the, the topic and they understand their portfolio, and they're there to advise politicians and bring them up to speed. So I'm saying... Somebody, if I don't want to say that the council is specifically responsible, but if they have surrounded themselves over the years, even if it was previous councils, if they've surrounded themselves with people who cannot undertake a major project without screwing up, those people need to go. Uh, you didn't hire them, so it's no big deal. You need to surround yourself in people who don't make these mistakes because they're using our money. Yeah. And every time we hear we pay more property taxes, I think about the LRT and the bus barn and, and the bike lanes. And, and there could be a million things that they're doing right right Absolutely. now. That, but we don't hear about those no, things. We true. hear about the boondoggles, yes. the billion dollar or million dollar boondoggles from LRT to bridges to bus barns. Yep. We just, that's what we hear about. And at the end of the day, I think that's probably what most of us as taxpayers care about. Mm-hmm. Because it's our money. And Guess it, what? Your tax is just going up again. Keep in mind that every councillor and mayor will tell you that they only have one employee, the city manager. They have one employee. Everyone else works for the city manager. I'll leave that there. Hi, Scott. Yeah. Hey, good. What's on your mind? Uh, well, so basically, you've, you've segued right into my thoughts and, and, and ideas, which are, this is the honesty council being inept and uh, not being able to do anything properly. As you've stated, they surround themselves with permanent employees, so when councillors change, when it comes to election, there's new councillors. It's not like NAC gets elected and suddenly takes over transportation. That's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. They have people in transportation, they have people in infrastructure, they have people in all these portfolios within the city of Edmonton. No different than provincial or federal government. No bureaucrats run the show. The councillors are just been a little bit of window kind of uh, rubber stamp a lot of the decisions that have already been made. I phoned uh, 
my Alderman last week is to proclaim that the new road, road, road bridge construction will be taking 30 months to do. Mm-hmm. That's 30 months of absolute gridlock. Uh, I was on Road Road last week, 87th Avenue and uh, Saskatchewan Drive. It's backed up there and it doesn't move. It's absolute gridlock. I told my Alderman, why, why is this going to take 30 months? I saw the newspaper, it's going to take 30 months. Well, there's no answer there, but they had someone from transportation called me, which was a very generous thing they did. Dr. Channel from transportation. And he had the most sarcastic, witty partay I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm not sure his line of work to him, but if you can do it under 30 months, maybe you should take the job over. Oh. And I said to him, well, if this was a bridge uh, that the Army Corps of Engineers needed to get into uh, Iran, Iraq, or Saudi Arabia, and come off they had three months to do it, they would do it. <laughs> There's no one on that job site. Yeah. I walk by there every day. There's no construction crews there. Well, why don't they work 7 to 3, 3 to 11, and 11 to 7? They can work 24 hours a day and have that thing done in 90 days. Because mm-hmm. noise complaints. I, 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 asked, I, I asked the uh, transportation guy that. And he said, well, because on the quality would go down because no one would want to work. And he said, people get tired at night. They don't want to work. Doctors... Nurses, hmm. firefighters, police officers, they work all night long. Nurses work uh, 7 to 3, then they have a 3 to 11 shift, then they have 11 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the morning shift. And no one seems to die under the night shift or the evening shift, different from the day shift. So if you can't pour concrete and jackhammer up some rock in the evening, as well as you can do it during the day, then find someone else that can. Mm-hmm. And uh, that project should be a 90-day project. They should close it over the summer when nobody's in university. There's 50,000 people a day come and go from the University of Alberta campus. That's 50,000 people a day that are based on the block if they want to get northbound or southbound. And that, to me, is absolutely inept. And it, it does not respect people's time or the uh, value that uh, is going to put up, be put on people to sit in gridlock for 30 months. And the thing that irks me the most, I go by there every day, I drive by there every day, there's no one on that job. That's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. They are gone home. Scott, so, yeah, that, thank you. You raised a lot of good points there. Like, 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 why can't why can't the city be held accountable to the taxpayer? When I phoned and complained, that's what I was told. I was told, well, if you're so smart, why don't you take the job over? <laughs> I thought, seriously, buddy, that's how you're, you're talking to me. I hope you got a name and then wait. called back to your alderman or your counselor. It was, well, I'm, I'm going to follow up with him and tell him that's the response. Wait, he's repartying. It's our guess. Scott, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate your insight. David from Onaway. Dave, you've got one minute. I could go on to 45 minutes. I have no doubt. The same thing out here, but I'm not going to. The point, the point is council brings a lot of different skills to the decision-making process, and that's great. But they also have the power to control the city manager by implementing policies, mm-hmm. and all they need to do is say, any construction job that they undertake above a certain amount has to be reviewed by external consultants <laughs> because very often what happens is the people that made the dumb decision 10 years ago, they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. They've gone on to Calgary or Vancouver or somewhere else. And now the cows, the cattle have come home and we're walking around in what's left behind. But they do have the, the power to say, we are not going to undertake a major op- operation without 
we get the all clear from one of the big engineering companies or something like that because those guys are skilled at looking at it and saying, have you taken this, that and something else into consideration? Love it, David. Thanks for the phone call. What do you think about that idea? Uh, actually, Andrew Nack said that the city was implementing a plan like that and that future major projects wouldn't have these problems. But the problem with the current ones is that some of the decision-making dates back a decade. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.